Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Hey, before we start the episode, I just want to pop in because it is the end of another calendar year. And you may be one of those people who could care less. It's just a number on a made-up system. And you may be one of those people who feels the feels around that. What does it mean to enter another calendar year? What does it mean um, to look at that transition and think, who am I? What do I want next? Um, What have I created? How do I want to start pulling together the pieces of my life to um, keep creating a future that I can thrive in? And so a lot of you are here because you've had abortions. And I just want to remind you that I think our abortions are an Uh, just most incredible fertile soil for us to build a life on. It's a place where we can gather um, so much realization about ourselves and our lives and what we want to create in the world. And there is no work that feels more special to me than being able to work with clients one-on-one to look through um, your abortion stories and pull out the parts of them that make you who you are, that show you who you are, that let you become who you want to be. So I just want to um, remind everyone that I am available for one-to-one coaching. I have spots open this December, which means you can get started before the new year. And really turn 2023 into um, the beautiful story you want it to be. I'm not going to tell you it's easy, um, but it is worth it. It it really truly is. Um, understanding yourself through your abortion stories is a total game changer. And with that, um, here's today's episode. All right. Um, I told Jewel before we just hit record that I had a story to tell because (laughs) I haven't told you this yet. Um, I just recently, uh, the end of October, beginning of November, no, it was just the end of October because I came home for Halloween, was at a mastermind event in Sedona, Arizona with like 10 other of our mastermind coaches and you messaged me while I was away while I was in Sedona and I think I had said to you like I'm traveling now like let's connect when I get home and I don't actually remember the timeline of events but I came away from Sedona like I went thinking I would have all these like business ahas and new ideas and like ways to operate and like yeah big ideas and I came home (laughs) 
with this like transformational experience surrounding friendship, which is the reason that you messaged me to say like, hey, I, um, I'd love to come on the podcast and talk about building friendships and creating like finding support system. So I just think it's like, uh, I don't know. It's not a coincidence. It's like divine intervention. <laughs> it's the angels. <laughs> um, but I just think it's so funny that so today we're recording November, like the middle of November. And consistently upon reflection of that trip in Sedona, I'm like, my entire like my thoughts about friends have changed, my experience with friends has changed. <laughs> So I just love that you reached out to me during that trip and that we get to have this conversation today. So that's my story. Um, I'm going to let you introduce yourself to my audience because that's the way I like the show to run, that you just say whatever feels right for you today. And then we're going to talk about friendships. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. So perfect. Uh, so uh, my name is Jewel Holman. I always joke that you have to use the gross part of your throat to say my last name. <laughs> Normally people remember it that way. Um, and I am certified with a life coach school. Love the life coach school. Um, and uh, I worked with the leading uh, friendship researcher for a while. Um, all things friendship, love friendship. Um oh. And that's what I help my clients do. I help them feel comfortable. A lot of times, a lot of us know how to meet people, but we don't know how to create like the deep, juicy connection that we crave, right? Um, So that's what I work with them on creating. And it's always like, (laughs) they're always like developing such a deeper relationship with themselves as well. So it's honestly the best thing ever. um, And I love it. Uh, so hearing about your experience with friendship and like how, like, I just watched your face light up. It was so fun. And I would love to hear like the ahas that you had. I love it. Well, you kind of nailed it, which is, uh, I, I, even before this call, I was trying to like, kind of put together the piece because I'm the kind of person who once something shifts for me, it's hard for me to remember all the layers of the shift. So I was like, trying to remember all the pieces before I got on this call because I was wanting to like reshare the story and what I learned and like I don't even know if I can but what you said that kind of nailed it for me is I remember saying to another coach um you could put me anywhere like put me in a bar put me in a bowling alley put me in a restaurant Yes, I will have social anxiety, but I will meet people. I will talk to people. I am not afraid to be like, hey, where are you from? Like, what brings you here? You know, what do you love about this city? Like, I am a meter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and then I get to know somebody and I start to panic. Like, I start to freak out. Like, what's going to happen next? Mm -hmm. Um, I have a lot of fear of rejection. So like the easy meets, like no problem. I don't really care if someone rejects me. Like I just like think it's fun to have good conversations. And Mm -hmm. then as soon as like I think, oh no, like what if I like this person and they reject me? Now I'm in trouble. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And so what I realized, part of what I realized in that trip to Sedona was seeing the places where I create the rejection ahead of time. And like to prevent myself from feeling rejected, even in relationships that I've had for a long time. Like mm-hmm. it's not just new people. Like even so one of the biggest takeaways for me after Sedona was like, oh, <laughs> I actually have a lot of friends. I'm just not getting to what you described as that juicy, like deep, juicy connection level because I keep stopping it. Like I keep fearing the rejection and like putting this wall up. And so it just really helped me see the places where I wanted to not put that wall up if I could, right? So it's been really, it's been a little bit of the joke of the trip, like Amanda and her friendships. But, you know, I came home and I'm like going into our group chat. I'm like, someone invited me over for tea. Someone invited me out to dinner. Like Mm -hmm. as soon as I shifted my experience or like I planned a trip with friends. I like, mm-hmm. I just had to see that place where I was blocking it for fear of rejection. And then everything opened up and I was like, huh, I do mm-hmm. have friends. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's my story. <laughs> no, so good. And I feel like so, so similar. And that is exactly how I felt in the pandemic really brought it out for me um, because I was really interested in friendship. But at that time I was coaching on other things. I was helping people with other things. And um, in the pandemic, I realized like, it was almost like I couldn't um, (laughs) see it until I was just sitting by myself, (laughs) but like how much I actually really craved connection, like how lonely I was for that, that craving. Um, And uh, when I would tell people about it and talk about it, they would tell me like, oh, but Jewel, you have friends. Like right. I've always, <laughs> yeah, like I've always been that person that like had friends, but I, I realized I didn't feel close to them. Yeah. Like even some of the people that have been in my life for a while that I would, um, you know, like label as like a best friend, I, I just didn't feel that closest with them because of a, a wall like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find um, it's something too that I, I just worked through myself really recently um, with some of my my closest friends. I had this moment, this very human moment, but brought out a lot of shame because I didn't handle it a certain way. Um, and it was in front of some of my closest friends I've been in, like with for a while. And immediately my brain threw a tantrum and was like, oh my gosh, they're going to reject you. They're going to judge you. And um, it was such a moment <laughs> for me because immediately I wanted to go hide, run yeah. away, hide. Yeah, yeah. Talk myself in. And again, this is what I help people with. So it's, you can never like outrun <laughs> these human moments. Right. <laughs> um, so I had to walk myself through what I, what I walk my people through and, and really just sit there and be like, no, I, I am lovable even when, yeah. um, and there's also, I find we can have beliefs about ourselves that are really great when it's just us in our room, but to trust other people to see us in a good light is like a whole different beast I'm finding. And, um, so I was like, Nope, I'm going to trust my friends. I'm going to trust that they still love me. And (laughs) like, like you said, making that decision, I don't think I would have been able to see 
how much love they poured into me Mm. afterwards if it wasn't for me making that decision beforehand of being like nope I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna choose to trust them I'm gonna choose to think of myself as still this lovable person and that trust that these people aren't going to reject me yeah um yeah so I I just love the way you said that I think um a lot of people feel that way and have a hard time articulating it. And I think you articulated it so well. <laughs> well, I just went through it. <laughs> so I <Yeah>. tried. <laughs> um, I am taking so many notes because I have so many, so many things to say and so many questions um, just from little nuggets that you just shared. Um, okay, let's transition this over to the audience who mm-hmm. is mostly here after their own abortions. Some support people around abortion. Um, but they're mostly here because they've had one or more abortions. And those, I'm like, which note do I start with? <laughs> um, the obvious easiest one to start with is they are having that moment in their brain where they are going to reject me, whether it's new people, people they've known all their lives, uh, family, they are going to reject me. And then they're throwing the tantrum, they're running away, they're hiding, they're shutting down. I can't tell you how many of my clients are like, I just stopped hanging out with people. I can't do it. I'm like, I don't know what to say. I'm afraid they're going to reject. Like, they don't necessarily reject. Like, I'm afraid they're going to leave me. Um, So I think if our listeners take a moment and connect with that word tantrum, (laughs) that like they know that feeling when our brains are just freaking out. And the only solution we can find is to run away and hide because we've now had this experience or multiple experiences that we think people won't like or won't know how to love us through. Yeah. So, okay, without going into the rest of these notes, because they're all related, Let's just pause for a second um, and let me hear what you have to say. Like, like this is where people are at. Like, yeah, I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared of the people I already am friends with. I'm scared to meet new people, mm-hmm. all of it. Yeah. Well, because they are, and then you said it uh, very well in the beginning. There's like the rejection of meeting somebody and them not liking you and it being like, meh whatever, right? Maybe not putting as much weight behind it. Now it's different yeah. for everybody. Um, and there's a rejection from like a, a deeper relationship um, yeah. where maybe you are a bit more emotionally invested. Um, so speaking to to that um, s- specific situation, um, I with what you described as like, okay, we're having the, these feelings, we're having the, this, this really like raw moment. Um, I want to offer that's when like the people that we trust to love us the most, um, like, and again, these, when I had this incident, um, it was not, it was not that long ago. And, um, these were with people that I have not only been, friends with for a very long time but have deep 
deep relationships with. And even then my brain was like, oh my gosh, Jewel, they are going to reject you. Um, And what I want to offer is like for those specific situations, this rawness, like by inviting it into your friendship with them, it's going, it's, you're not going to get rid of the fear. Um, I want to offer, you can allow that fear. Mm. But when we bring rawness and realness and humanness to a relationship like that, it's almost like we make it the like this so much worse in our heads. And the second it <laughs> comes out of our mouth, we start talking about it. We realize it's not as crazy as we might make it seem in our noggins. Um, and we give ourselves a chance to be seen by another mm. person. But also, and here's one thing I firmly believe, especially with the people that you have like deeper relationships with, they want to see you. Mm. they want to be there for you and by you running and hiding which I was so tempted to do (laughs) recently (laughs) um uh because that feels safer in the moment it's actually not safer in the long run um and I would have robbed my friends of like being the experience of being able to be there for me in my humanness we all want to do that like I I hear this thought a lot um and it doesn't matter what situation's going on but I I I coach on this thought a lot I don't want to be a burden I don't want to be a burden Mm, that's like that's huge people tell me that all the time yeah I I I don't I don't want to be a burden and um when I, I like to say, like, if you really fear being a burden that much, you could also just say that to your people. <laughs> like, I don't want to to be a burden to you. Mm-hmm. Like, so if at this point in time, you can't have this discussion. Like, that's that's okay, right? You can always yeah. say that. But I, I want to offer, it's so much rare to have that moment where they're like, okay, I can't handle this right now than you think it is. I know. Um, it's for somebody to see you and to love you and for you to share your rawness and humanness with them, it's connecting for them as well. It's not just like creating mm-hmm. this emotional supportive experience for you. Like your people want to be there for you. They want to love you. It feels good for them as well. It's a gift for them as well. Um, and when we run and hide away, we're robbing both of us of that. Oh, it's so true. That's <laughs> more notes, lots more notes. <laughs> Um, ah, it's so good. It's so good. I, okay. I think I'm going to start at the beginning from, from what you shared, because that was the place I would have gone in my continued notes, which is this, it, it makes so much sense to us as coaches. Um, but I think listeners can be like, but how? Because <laughs> we do that too. Like we know that, of course. And it's these magical words that have completely changed my life in many ways. But you you originally said it and then you said it another way, which is trust people to see us in a good light. Trust people to love us. And it's that right there. Trust people too. And that's the where people are like, but how? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something I wrote earlier was, um, I know a feeling we can have after abortions is 
And it might come out sounding like this, like people say and do the right things, but they're probably thinking, but I'm sure they're thinking, but they're just saying that. And so I know even in my own experience where I was super supported, um, had the privilege of like being around so many people who loved me, it wasn't enough. Like, like they could say and do all the right things and it wasn't enough. And yes. so how do I trust people to see me in a good light? How do I trust people to love me? Can you do that without trusting yourself to see yourself in a good light, trusting mm-hmm. yourself to love you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know, the the deep coachy person in me wants to say, like, you can't, like, you have to trust yourself first. But then the other part of me is like, I don't know, maybe you can trust people first. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think? Like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's the question. (laughs) It it is. And I, I almost feel like, (laughs) yeah, I mean the chicken or the egg, it it also is like, I don't know. It's it's, because I've thought about this a lot. It it brings up like nature versus nurture vibes as well. Uh Um, I really do think it's both. And, and you, you said it when it, it sounds like when we distrust our people is because we're having thoughts like, oh, but they really think this because we distrust ourselves. Yeah. And and if we make it super simple, it it really is that thought of, okay, well, they could be thinking this. Okay. Like I'm kind of thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, well, yeah. I just have to say out loud. (laughs) I catch myself in these moments all the time because as soon as I got to the place of the chicken or the egg, I was like, oh, Amanda, you're doing it again, which is why you're in this work, which is why you can help people so much is that I slipped into a moment where I made it black and white. Do I focus on trusting myself or do I focus on trusting them? And the truth is you just start playing. You just do both. It's an and moment, which is what I teach in all of my work. It's not this or that. It's this and that. Mm -hmm. But even in me getting excited about that moment, I was like, well, what do we do first? (laughs) And I was like, oh, you're doing it again, which is what so many listeners are doing. Black Mm -hmm. or white, black or white, chicken or egg, trust myself or trust them. Mm -hmm. And it's just start practicing, just start playing. It's possible I can trust them to see me in a good light. Yeah. It's possible I can love myself through this. Mm-hmm. It's possible they love me no matter what my situation was. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, <laughs> I'm laughing at myself because I'm like, oh, oops, you did it again. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I, okay, I could talk about black and white thinking forever too. Um, but, but I love the word that you said uh, about playing. Yeah. Um, yeah, playing because it, it, it that it really is such a great way of thinking about it. Um, of playing with like, I can trust them, I can also trust, like, on some level, if we right do both. Um, I could trust like myself to also be like in that moment. Um, like, I am not gonna like think this thing about me, or I'm gonna be aware of this thing, I'm gonna be aware that it's just a thought, yeah, right, yeah. regardless of um 
yeah, like like who I'm, who I'm around, you know, like I could be playing with both. I really like the way you said that. Yeah, and I this is just again, every converse, conversation comes back to the same core issues, right? Black and white thinking. Um, I say all the time that the most important thing I learned from my abortion was how to have my own back, and this is what it looks like. It's like maybe I tell a friend and it doesn't come out the way I wanted it to, or they make a face that I don't know what to do with, or they say something that doesn't feel supportive. How do I have my own back in that moment? How do I have compassion for myself? How do I be curious about what's happening? Because it's so easy to jump to conclusions Mm -hmm. and that's where you lose having your own back, creating the connection with them, for them, for you, all of it. Um, so I, I know there's listeners who are like, yeah, but what happens when it doesn't work? What happens when they do reject me? Right. What right. happens when I share my truth and they say, this is really awkward for me. I never thought you'd do something like that. I don't know if we can be friends. Like what happens when the rejection really happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I, I think you, you said it so well already. Uh, like your brain is going to want to assign meaning to that. And sometimes like a meaning, um, even if they're not like, if they're like, oh, I don't know how to feel about that. Let's take that one. For example, um, you, you your brain might want to assign meaning to your relationship with them it might want to assign meaning to what it means about you um and and especially if they're like oh I don't want to be friends with you anymore like assign meaning like about you um and I think going back to playing like really it, it's just being curious curious um and practicing curiosity there of um like what am I making it mean I think that question alone um, is just one that I'm constantly using in my life. What am I making it mean? And then, um, so actually this is, uh, I love the way you brought this up because, um, I created recently like a, a worksheet for people to walk them through taking things less personally. And Mm. I'm really big on, you're gonna, you're gonna take stuff personally. It just is the way it is. Your brain's gonna assign meaning to things. That's what your brain does all day long. Um, but with that information of what am I making this mean? You can then decide, um, if you want to keep that meaning, whether it's about you or your relationship, um, And then another thing is, again, being just as curious, I'm big on like tend to yourself, like have your, um, your own back tend to uh, be curious of yourself and how you're feeling first. Um, And then depending on the situation, um, being curious about the other person as well, because so often I will get I'll get this sentence of like, oh, I just, I should just care less what people think. Mm. Um, And that kind of puts up a wall as well. At least for me, like it feels like energetically in my body, there's a little bit of like a defense of like, I I do care. And so now what? I'm invalidating myself for caring. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, and we're humans. We want acceptance. We're always going to want that. We're always going to crave that. Um, it's, it's so innate, uh, within us. Um, and it's a beautiful thing to crave and to, to desire. Um, 
but with without like just not caring what they think you can be curious about them as well um again I'm really big on doing it after you're curious about yourself but being curious of like they have these glasses on of their past traumas of their insecurities Mm -hmm. of the way that they were raised they literally physically no matter what cannot (laughs) look at you without those glasses you know so um that is really helpful for for me um to be curious of like well what does this mean to them our brains are also very self-focused right very self-focused it's all about us and our noggins um it's all about them and their noggins so um I think that's where you start um what, what do you think about that well you said uh, like even just the words taking things personally um one time th- one thing I like to I mean my my avid listeners and clients have heard me say a million times is like two of my favorite words are of course so it's like of course I'm taking this personally mm-hmm. just acknowledge that like of course I'm taking this person personally what if I let them have their feelings like can I just let them have their feelings and opinions just the way I let myself have my feelings and opinions. And now I can be curious when I'm fighting, like you shouldn't have said that you shouldn't think that now you're the awful one. I'm the awful one. (laughs) There is no room for curiosity because we're just like in defense mode. We're fighting, we're resisting. Mm -hmm. And so dropping the resistance with, of course, I'm taking this personally, of course they feel that way might be a stretch, but like, I can let them feel that way. I can let them talk that way. The thing about friendships and abortion is like, we want to have these high expectations of our friends to support us, but our culture has no practice talking about abortion. So of course they don't know how to support you. Mm -hmm. Like it's very likely they were not supported in their own abortion. Mm -hmm. It's very likely they've never really talked to someone about an actual abortion experience, the real feelings that come up. It's very likely that they have some like propaganda or programming in their head, Mm -hmm. usually centered around stigma. So I think letting people have their feelings, letting people have their belief systems allow it like makes more room for that curiosity because I think that is so, so important. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. I I think you're so right. And, and with that too, um, again, with like meaning, I mean, that, that point of like, nobody like, has practiced having these conversations, like every, everything you just said, that doesn't mean too, that our people don't care. Like just yeah. because they don't know what to say, yes. wrong, it doesn't mean that they don't care. I know I have, I mean, just recently I completely fumbled, um, in being there for a friend. Um, and I could see it like on her, on her face. I was like, okay, like something about this, you know, like, so there's a misstep here. Um, and, uh, I just had to reaffirm her that I, that I cared. Now, if you're the other person on the other side and a friend is like fumbling with you, 
it might just be helpful to bring it even back to um like okay well I, I trust that you you care about me if that feels like you can say that at that moment or I just want to know that you care about me or just, just acknowledging the fumbling like I know yeah, this yeah. is really hard to talk about because it's hard for me too and mm-hmm. I imagine it's hard for you to know what to think or feel or say because I don't know what to think or feel or say like yeah. just acknowledging like there's there's no good way like there's no right way to talk through this like this is a shit show like let's just be curious about it together yeah. sometimes when you I think we underestimate that moment where we see the friend fumbling and we can just not point it out like what's wrong with you but mm-hmm. like point it out like this is crazy. Like, I can't believe I'm even having this conversation with you. I never thought I'd be here or I thought this would be easier or um, because it happened this way with so-and-so, I thought it would be the same for me, whatever it is, like just acknowledge the fumbling, like yeah. be that that's a perfect moment for you both to feel connection. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and okay. then, Oh, go ahead. 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 Well, I just (laughs) wanted to come back to like, it's worse in our heads. Mm -hmm. It's always worse in our heads than it is in reality. Not always, but (laughs) it's often worse in our heads. What do you do with, um, how do you support people through that? Like, do you go to the worst case scenario with them? Like what, how do you support people through that? Like, but this could happen or this could happen or like what what are some of your tools for managing that worst case scenario that haunts you and stops you from even trying <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it is um looking at the worst case scenario and again what a lot of times the worst case scenario is like what we would make something mean yeah. right and I think or how now, we would feel yes yeah well yeah. what yeah. we would make it mean how we would feel exactly and um making peace with that making peace with it like if the worst case scenario is somebody um doesn't want to be in your life anymore after you tell them you can as it doesn't mean like the pain of that goes away but but you can make peace with that you can like make it mean nothing about you yeah yeah it's like if I lose this relationship I will feel really sad but there's a good chance I already feel really sad in the relationship, not being able to share my truth, feeling like I have to hide, mm-hmm. always running to run away, making up excuses why I can't hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, like every podcast episode, there's a million nuances and directions this can go there's no that we have not covered everyone's questions we have not covered all the little angles and perspectives and places um but I think just introducing and normalizing how hard it is um is so important Mm -hmm. so People can definitely follow your work, but can you share, I'm going to use this example. Let's say I have an abortion or another abortion and I realize 
I actually don't have very close friendships and I can't trust my people. Not only that, they're kind of friends by default and I don't want closer connection with these people. Like they really Mm -hmm. are not the people I want to be with. Mm -hmm. I would love for you to share like just the beginnings of how you help people create circles of friends that are that juicy, deep, juicy connection. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, again, the pandemic hit, I did this myself. Um, and, and I will say, we don't think of it like this, but I think it's very helpful to think of it that way or this way. Friendship is a habit. The who Ugh. we go to, right? Because like, even if you're like, I don't want to deepen my connection with these people, but they've like been around for a long time. Yeah. They've been around because of your habits with them. Yeah. Your habit, like it's who we go to when we're, it's a Friday night and we didn't have plans. Like it's who we, who we go to then. That's like habitual, right? Yeah. Um. And in moments like that, who we call and so on. Um, and so if there are people that in your world right now, you're like, well, you know, I don't really want to be as close with these people anymore. I want different friends. <laughs> and I always joke, unless you are living off of the land, doing it. Uh, oh my gosh. I can't think of the name of it right now. Um, I think it's into the wild. I don't know. Unless you are. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> completely living off the land in the cabin completely by yourself you have people around you in your world if anything we are more connected I'm more of a shallow end if you will like through social media we are more connected than ever before mm-hmm. and so what I did when the pandemic hit is I really asked myself like what I was craving what um, I wanted like my connections to bring and for me I wanted to be I wanted to have conversations about making an impact. I wanted to have conversations about growth. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought about people that I already knew, um, that I already liked and had some kind of a relationship with. Um, that doesn't mean like we were super close by any means. We were definitely not. Um, but I thought about like four people um, that uh, I really, really liked. And I made like consistent effort with these people um so how that looked specifically um was I especially because we were in the pandemic at that time and I was just very honest I was like I want to like get to to know you better like I think you're a really awesome person and um I we scheduled like weekly conversations because at the time you know within the pandemic yeah now that might be for like, I don't want people to get hung up on that part. And sometimes our brain gets really fixed on the how and the logistics. But there are so many possibilities for you to increase um, your uh, consistency with somebody, whether it's like going on walks, whether it's um, like spending like a really long like day together. There's so many ways that you could go about it. But anyway, think of like a few people that bring out like these and have these conversations or have like the things that like pick people that, you know, like you can have some of what you're craving with. Um, And then from there, now, again, I picked four and was completely unattached to how it turned out, Mm -hmm. um, made effort with these people. And now two of them 
are my best friends. And I don't think it's any coincidence that one of them (laughs) is becoming a life coach now. And the other one is a counselor (laughs) and they both really care about making um, an impact, but really, again, it's not like anybody starting from scratch. Sometimes our brain's like, oh, we got to find new people. You know people right now that you (laughs) like. That's exactly what happened to me after Sedona. I was like, how am I going to find friends? Yeah. Maybe you already have them. (laughs) Yes. Right? Right? Yeah. It's not like I was starting from scratch. Um, And there will be thoughts that come up along the way with one of them who is, again, one of my best friends now, one of my closest friends. Um, at the time I had a little thought of, ah, she already has enough people. No, extend to the offer. Be completely unattached to what happens. With the other two girls, I did increase my relationships with them, right? Um, I did get like value from that. Um, so there is some mind management, some thought work to go when, as you're going through that process. Um, but that's what I would say is like start, it's going to be a little uncomfortable at first. Your brain is going to want to go to the default friends, but changing your habits to go to a little bit more of the the people that you want to be really close with, that, that's that's everything. And here I am now, it's only a couple of years later. And I, um, I mean, I, I, it's, they are like so much part of my habits now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, does hopefully, I mean, I, I think like these I two, I think that. the question just like this, I did this in Sedona, right? Because the people are, I was with are all coaches. So they were like, well, what do you want to do with friends? And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, interesting question. <laughs> yeah. And I had to really think like, what do I want to do? What am I craving? What's fun for me? Like, what would be a fun thing to do with friends for me? Mm-hmm. Um. And so I think it really does start with that question. What am I craving that you offered? Because we have to know what is it that we want to share with someone Mm -hmm. to be able to like identify, oh, this is a person I can do that thing I'm craving with. This is a person. Um, And I remember one moment in Sedona where I was like, well, I don't want all my friends to be coaches. (laughs) Like I got really like hung up and resistant. Like Uh I just want normal friends. (laughs) Like that's how it sounded in my head. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was like, wait, I, but that's what I love. Just like what you said. Like, I love getting into like heady, weird, philosophical, growth, legacy, purpose, inspiration, (laughs) like, why don't I want all my friends and and not all my friends, but like if I'm going to make a concerted effort to increase connection with people, why am I already judging myself for wanting to have these conversations that I crave? Like, mm-hmm. So it's what am I craving? And am I even judging what I crave? Mm-hmm. I had to like let go of my own judgments about what I crave so good yeah and like really be with it like like that's exactly what I want that's exactly what I want yeah Yeah. and and to add to that I will hear and I've faced this a bit um as well a lot of my people will be start feeling guilty as well like they um like could judge what they crave and or I hear like oh but like I'm, I'm 
I feel guilty about, again, changing my friend habits, right? About like almost letting some of these default people go. Mm. Um, And what I want to offer is that is the kindest thing that you can do for both of you um, is to open up space for more meaningful connection for both of you. And it doesn't mean going back to black or all the right thinking. <laughs> right it doesn't mean you like completely break connection and never talk to them again it just what? means you let that be what it is mm-hmm. and create what you're craving somewhere exactly. else yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah mm-hmm. oh so good um well this has been really fun is there anything you came wanting to say and didn't get to or um or did we cover enough territory? I I think we covered so much. I I really felt strongly about coming and talking to your people because I know when we are going through something that we might have like a lot of thoughts and feelings about. One of I I notice it with myself. I notice it with people around me. Like one of the things that we want to do is like to run away and hide. So if I could just like say that again to to your people, like. It is such a gift to offer your people the opportunity to connect with you deeper. Mm-hmm. It's such a gift. And I just really wanted your people to hear that. So thank you so, so much. I am so glad you reached out. It was just so fun to watch the way it all played out. And like the day you messaged me, I think you even messaged me before I had <laughs> this realization and these, all these conversations, um, that's so funny. So it's just perfect and I love it. And where can people find you? Um, I'm a big fan of Instagram. So some of my people <laughs> are, but where's the best place for people to find you? Yeah. So um, I'm also on Instagram. So just at jewel.homan. So J E W E L dot H O H M A N. And from there, I have like links to like my website. Um, I do uh, a lot of like TikTok videos. I'm big in, in oh, videos nice. to, like explain yeah. things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that's where they could find me. And I will yeah. say too, I have to tell your people because obviously if they're listening to you, they adore you and have a relationship with you. Um, and I was also really excited to talk to Amanda today. I told her before. <laughs> Um, I feel like for years now, I have just watched your name pop up in all of these ways. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is so good. This is so good. I, I think it. you've said so. Um, I mean, this conversation today just felt like so much fire. And I'm just like, not surprised at all. Either. Yay, so so <laughs> fun. We can be friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly thank you so much I'm so glad you reached out and it is it's just such a great example of like I am not unreachable at all um but I know that feeling where you're kind of watching someone and like oh wow 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 and then to make that leap of like, hey, can I come on your podcast? Like, I think I have something (laughs) to offer. It can feel scary, right? And so that might just be like, hey, do you want to go get a coffee? Mm -hmm. And like you said earlier, that person already has too many friends. Like that person's too busy for me, too cool for me, too smart for me. 
like let that shit go and just play and practice and see what happens Mm -hmm. because we really overestimate how much space is between us and other people and it can be a lot easier to make a connection than you think yes yes oh thank you for sharing that I'm so glad we had this conversation um and I'm excited to share it me too me too Mm -hmm. so much love to you to your people to what you're doing in the world it's so important so thank you for having me okay bye Thanks for listening, and as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.